0: I saw a man litter the other day which like I didn't actually know that that still went on he opened a cigarette packet and he threw his plastic on the ground and then he threw his tinfoil on the ground and myself and another woman were staring at him and then I was like do you know what I'm gonna do something but I wasn't in the mood to get in a conflict with him so I went and picked it up from his feet and he apologized
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So that's gonna be my method, I think, for now. I, Noel, I, I mean, you never really see anyone litter these days, but like,
1: I, I saw some the other day too. And Did you? I, yeah, and I grew up in. Kinsale in County Cork in the 80s and Kinsale at that time went from being a very nondescript, barely known town Mm -hmm. to uh, pulling its socks up. And they had a very, very vociferous tidy towns committee and went straight up to winning the tidy towns Mm -hmm. and becoming fierce touristy and known for gourmet restaurants (laughs) and all this. But we sort of watched that happen. But we were kind of taught as kids to go around picking up the letter. And we were yeah. given gloves at school one day and told to go around picking up the letter. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've told this story before. But um, and so for years I was like, excuse me, <laughs> pick that up, please. because yeah. it was just sort of gone into my DNA. At of that course. Stage. Yeah. But now I'm worried about the aggro. I've yeah. gotten more worried about the aggro and it's like and then one on one level. Yeah. Back off, middle aged lady. Who cares what you think about the street? B- but. On the other hand, it's sort of like, yeah, listen, we're all in this together and totally. a bit of plastic is, carry it in your pocket for a minute. Yeah. Mean, my philosophy, it sounds like it's yours. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I think you do get less confrontational as you get older, though, as well. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm 25, like, but uh, I like, when I think of, like, when I first moved to Dublin and the way I used to, like, argue with bouncers and everything and now, like. If they say no to me, I'm like, OK,
1: yeah, picking, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's true. Um, but picking your fights and doing it in a really proactive way like you did with the litter, that's brilliant because you're achieving your aim, which is like if you're like me, you're going to go home and think about that bit of plastic. Yes, exactly. Now, you've dealt with that. Mm-hmm. So you've shed that burden, but also you haven't had a row. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I managed to shame him, like he actually apologised. I want so. to be you when I grow up.
0: <laughs> well, there's, that's my tip anyway for litter. <laughs> Thank you. You are listening to Pre-Drinks at Layla's, the podcast where I sit down and have a drink with a guest and talk about the topic of the week. My guest this week is the lovely Tara Flynn, actress, writer and just all around sound bitch. I think that's exactly the way I um, introduced Sophie White last week. Oh,
1: that's oh god, that's amazing company. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for um, being here. Back at you, bitches, for the
0: win. <laughs> Together, yes. Um, we are having a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, thank or, you so much. I know um, I'm
1: basic, but I appreciate this very no much. No problem.
0: I. Set myself the goal of having to drink whatever the guest drinks, but I I do have <laughs> to tell you that you're putting me through an awful hardship here. I'm, I'm not a fan of white wine. Very sorry, but um,
1: that may change because yeah. I wasn't in my twenties either. Really, I'm okay. in my thirties. I don't know if it's just that you get more basic, <laughs> uh, less confrontational, or sl- slash more. I don't know what it was, but but I I actually collapsed in Amsterdam. After a couple of glasses of red wine, okay, and no, no other things ingested, not a single other thing. I promise, nice. I would tell you okay. This is a very frank podcast. <laughs> um, and I, I came to in the corridor outside the restaurant, and my boyfriend at the time was standing there, and the waiter was fanning me with a napkin, going, oh "Adam, please wake up." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh dear." Um, but then, red wine was done for me, and. Nice. Um, you know I wouldn't be drinking vodka and stuff at home very much mm-hmm. so yeah it was onto the white for me okay my um, mom recently made the switch from red
0: wine to white wine as well I don't know why I don't um, know if it comes to us all maybe I don't know because I, I do love my red wine but, yeah um, yeah so let me reveal the topic du jour and um, this week I'm gonna talk to you about hit it nile. Performance, mm. all things mm. performance. Um, okay. I saw your show haunted last year, oh, um, thank which you for coming. I thought was so brilliant. Um, so I'm just dying to pick your brain about performance. It's also something I've recently rediscovered my desire to perform. So I thought we could have an interesting chat about this.
1: Amazing. So is it something you did before, and you're it's it's as you say reawakening in you.
0: Years ago Years yeah, ago um, Like as a kid like Yeah like I think the last Like I used to do all the I was a stage school monster When I was a child Like I was oh. a nightmare um, but, Or a dream Well A yeah. dream <laughs> it, um But Yeah I used to do like All the pantos and stuff And then When I hit secondary school I just kind of gave it up Because you know It stops being cool after a while. I did not know Um, this.
1: This is now I want to just flip the switch and just interview you. (laughs) I mean, about all the penthouse. I mean, because that's incredible training that you would take through. Like you learn all about theatre. You learn all about discipline. You work so hard. Yeah. There's no nonsense, even though the people in the audience go to see something that is very crack. And as you say, it stops being cool a little bit that it's not so respected. Yeah. Compared to legit theatre or whatever you want to call it. But it is an incredible Uh, What's the word It's an incredible branch of theatre Yeah And It's gorgeous Yeah yeah. And And it's
0: really fun And Yeah but it is hard work You you do pour yourself into it Um, So I should be asking you No Yeah (laughs) well, um, Yeah so then after I had my surgery I Well I I, Like I took a big break from Talking about myself for a while there Because I just needed to focus on my head And then I knew that I kind of had this story to tell With the surgery and stuff like that And originally I envisioned it being a stand up But I was like, I want to be really vulnerable with this as well. So then it morphed into theatre. But I never saw myself going back into anything like that. And now I think I've caught the bug again. Um, Oh, that's great.
1: It's a brilliant way. See, I think theatre is a brilliant way to explore things, especially where there's a lot of heart involved and a lot of very personal stuff involved. And I think. That's sort of what happened with Haunted as well. I wanted it to be quite stand up. I wanted to be it was initially called Cheese. Okay, That was a working title. It was meant to be very silly and very, very fun. And about all the things that helped me um, Mm -hmm. find myself again, I guess, after the repeal campaign, which I campaigned as part of and um, and afterwards, there was an awful lot of abuse and work sort of dried up because you're you're deemed too mouthy and all that. Yeah. And and so I kind of lost lost my marbles a bit. Um, and Cheese was about coming back from that. right But when we started into it, gorgeous, gorgeous Philly McMahon from uh, Gorgeous, Gorgeous. Oh, this is Pop Baby. I mean, yeah, geniuses all. Exactly. So lucky to have, have worked with them. Um, but Philly was looking for more of the heart in it and more of the truth in it. And so it got less funny. But what I love about theatre is you don't have to have those gags every Every ten seconds, no. You can have the gags wherever you want them or need them to give the audience release or yourself a bit of a break. Definitely,
0: no. It was a gorgeous balance. The show, I thought of, um, like you know, tension and dealing with serious things, but then the release of the, you know, it, it was it was a really good balance, and that's not Thank always you. easy to achieve. So. I
1: mean, I think I'm as a form, I'm less interested in stand up these days. I haven't actually done stand up, stand up in clubs for thirteen or not not thirteen years for ten years. Since oh wow, okay. So, um. It was a lovely way for me to mix those two disciplines. Definitely. yeah, And I and really that, enjoyed that. That translated definitely oh yes, thank as you. an audience member. Thank you so much, audience member. Um, I'm so happy you were there.
0: <laughs> so I have a few questions Uh-oh, for you. Oh, I
1: better have a sip of wine, uh, but yes. not too much. Can't reveal too much. <laughs>
0: um, No, my editor is very good. Don't worry, you can reveal whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just start with like, what are the main challenges for you of putting yourself out there, because I mean, the show, I've, I've like seen your other bits with the like YouTube um sketches that you've made and stuff like that as well. And like I always feel that like that. Well, the ones I've watched are quite vulnerable and yeah. personal. I mean, um, I've actually
1: taken the YouTube channel down. Have you? Partly because I did a sketch years ago called Racist B&B and I, I took it one. down yeah. for a couple of reasons. It was the impetus for me to take it down and I took the whole channel down in the end. OK. Um, because my husband's in it, it was about abuse he got being is is for people who are listening who, who don't know my husband is is from America. He's black. He grew up, as I said in the play, you know, he he grew up in Los Angeles in the 80s, a black yeah. kid in Los Angeles in the 80s. I grew up in Kinsale where the local ghost is literally called the white lady. <laughs> Our backgrounds are so different. Um, So he received abuse here and I, I kind of partly through a kind of obliviousness because he hides a lot of when things like that happen to him. Okay. Um. So yeah, white, white obliviousness. Yeah. Um. And partly to just go, this can happen in a in as beautiful and touristy and welcoming a place as you like. Mm-hmm. We all know this, and of course, black people can tell you this up and down. I'm not speaking for them in any way. No. But one of the reasons I took the video down was to not be speaking. F- okay. Or f- even though I was hoping to stand beside. Yeah. And uh, and address some shittiness uh, mm-hmm. with with a great weapon, I think, laughter yes. um, to laugh at the shittiness um, and take away its power. But so there was that not wanting to speak over. Um, and then the abuse underneath was there was just so off the charts. I mean, I'm sure in your community you absolutely know this yeah. backwards. So you don't need me to be telling you. But it was just something that I went, OK, this is not my story to tell. And I don't want to put any family member out there, even though he was totally behind it. Of course, yeah. I just went. it's my choice now to go. I don't want this up yeah. there for them to just be taking bored pot shots at him.
0: Good for you. Yeah. And,
1: and, you know, when I was when things have happened in various newspapers and things have said, why are you platforming X, Y or Z? And then you'll get attacked. Uh, you'll know this very well. <laughs> um, but they would also go for him and our relationship. And put up our wedding photos and say all the most disgusting things about him. And like, I have a fairly thick skin. Yeah. I've been performing for a very long time. I have a fairly thick skin. But there comes a moment where you go, I'm just not going to be an open walking target. No. It's not good for my mental health and it means I'm not creating the work I want to create. True.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So
1: a lot of people, when I did eventually leave Twitter, took down my YouTube channel and all that, they went, well, you're going to vanish. And I kind of did vanish a bit. And I had to take a bit of that with it. Yeah. But by the same token, I went, I'm not going to let m- my family be someone else's hobby. Totally.
0: <laughs> I think there's no there's no right way to deal with trolling. It's such no. a horrific there's um, no right way. thing. And like, however, you can get your power back. For some people, it's by leaving the stuff up. For some people, it's by taking stuff down. I've definitely like taken a lot down. Like I had a YouTube channel for a while there as well. And I took a lot down, not because of trolling, but just because I... Got to a point where I'd put so much out there that I wanted to, yeah, get back under, feel like I was back under control of things. And it's all really personal and I don't think there's any right way to deal with it.
1: No, there is no, I really, really believe that. And people say, don't feed the trolls. And then you end up feeling so disempowered. That's it. I stayed up there for so long. I was there for so long through so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the abortion referendum was the last one. Yeah. And, (laughs) but it wasn't even that aspect. It was just people all commenting all the time yeah. that there was a bit in, in haunted, you know, why don't why not just shut the fuck up? Do you yeah. actually have something personal to say about this? Is it lived experience for you? Have you studied it at length? <laughs> or Well, if not, shut the fuck up just because you can share your opinion all day, every day. You don't have to because there is a person at the other end.
0: A hundred percent. And I hate that whole um the way people cling onto to their opinions like it's like the this life raft that they have. And I'm like, well, it's my opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, you are allowed to have an opinion. But just you shut ever- the fuck up, as you say. <laughs>
1: Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. I hold many and I keep most of them to myself unless you I do. see unfairness and I want to stand beside someone or do something like that. Definitely. Mostly now I shut the fuck up. Yeah. Partly because, as you were saying, I want to curate my experience online. Totally. I want to maintain professional and personal boundaries. Yeah. So it wasn't that I was chased off Twitter as people will often frame it. It was like I made a very conscious decision about how much bullshit I was willing to put up with as a trade off for being in any way public.
0: Yeah, I have two points to make about that, actually. I think you can get shamed with the trolling um, and we've completely gone into a different topic of conversation, but obviously we have similar experiences with this. Um, the I, When I was on a certain TV show where they were trying to turn... It was first dates. I'm just going to say it was first dates and they were trying to tell my story in a very positive way yeah. and stuff. And I appreciated them doing that. But um, I found it difficult because... I got a lot of hate from that or whatever which you know was expected, it wasn't a surprise. But like I got, you know, I had an American right wing vlogger make like a whole video about me wow. um, or whatever, which has like 30 million views or something. That's heavy. Last time and I, I, don't,
1: I don't know if people who aren't in, visible in the same way as you made yourself through through your performance and and first dates, things like that. They don't understand how heavy something like that is, a personal targeting.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. I haven't even bothered to watch the full thing. I no, don't. It. Yeah, but,
1: but I'm just saying it's not your work they're critiquing. It's it's you.
0: Exactly. Um, but I remember I was, you know, my way of dealing with it at the time and I probably still, I mean, I'm off Twitter now, I'm the same as you, but um, I probably still would have this um way of dealing with things if it was, I was clapping back um at everyone who, not everyone, sorry, but certain people who were saying certain things that I found easy to clap back on. Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, saying that and I remember getting a call from a producer of the show saying to me, um, you know, we really think on your profile you should focus on um the positives and all the people who are sending you love and everything and i was like well i think i've done that enough too Mm -hmm. but i also just you know it was my way of dealing with it my way of gaining control and stuff like that and like at this point i had been on i'd I'd told my story in a few different ways and been on a few different platforms and i'd found that this was kind of the best way of dealing with it and
1: i felt very hurt that i was being shamed for that people who haven't lived through it don't understand it fully they think they do they see they it happening and it's an intellectual response they go if you do this this will happen yeah the people I, as i advance in age ever more quickly it feels like mm-hmm. um people who say rise above it generally can yeah because they they have no skin in the game
0: yeah that's it that ri- rise watching. above rise
1: above they can and it's like, and, and I admire when people can, but I don't think it's always possible
0: no. or
1: preferable. Yeah. I think sometimes that you should push back. I used to vary it up um, exactly like you were saying when I was still on, on Twitter. I used to and it's gone to all hell now from, <laughs> from my little lurks, you know, every now and again, I'll just go on and I don't have a, even a lurking account, oh, so it's, it's really clunky now. to use, but it looks yeah. miserable. Yeah, And it's like, God, I'm missing nothing, actually. Yeah, But too. yeah, right. We made the right decision, mm-hmm. but it's like. I, 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 there is no one right way and that whole thing of just don't feed the trolls I understand that in terms of engagement if you're talking algorithmically it is better not to feed the trolls it's better not to clap back it is better not to give them visibility or traction yeah. grand but you're still at home you're still a person sitting there receiving all kinds of vitriol that is super personal that is not just the one, the person who's sending stuff at you thinks it's just them. There's several different people saying exactly, exactly the same thing mm-hmm. or variations thereof. Just that alone is boring. Yes. And at a certain point, if someone is just pushing, 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 the only thing that's going to make you feel better—not advocating violence or <laughs> punching them—unless certain certain instances, I think it's good to defend violence yourself. Yeah, absolutely push back, you can push them back and say, stop shoving me, sh- sh- shove, yeah. Little gen- whatever they're doing to you to do it back. I think there are moments where actually, Lindy West said it way oh, she's better. Sober, she's yeah. brilliant. But, yeah. you know, she said she she was one of the most trolled people early on. She was an early yeah. adopter of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Very great with words. Yes. The short form really suited her. And so, of course, got lots of hate. Yeah. And um really, really horrible hate. And I'll, I'll leave people to go and find Lindy West. Shrill is an excellent book and, it, 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 and
0: the second one, The Witches Are Coming. So Witches both Are Coming. So Amazing. Yeah.
1: But in Shrill, she really deals with this yes. Um and the before a lot of us really understood it in the mass way she was talking yeah. about. Um And she said, you know, the whole thing since this all began has been Don't Feed the Trolls. And they've taken over the playing field anyway. That's it, yeah. So you may as well have your clap back. You may as well say no. And you never know, you might reach someone by just not rising above. Sometimes they take kindness for weakness. Yeah. And sometimes you have to be robust. Yeah. When people are being cruel.
0: That's it. And then the clapping back as well wasn't always for like I I wasn't. I'm not really doing that for to try and change this person's opinion. I know that I'm not going to do it. It's more like if there was someone following me or um Who was reading those comments or whatever, like uh, because I would be inspired by certain people's clapbacks sometimes, like I would see someone standing up to something that somebody's saying about them, and I would be like a bit inspired. I'd be like, you know, I, I really admire that person for standing up for themselves, so I, I think you, you you have to do it yourself as well.
1: I think so. I mean, it's like you you're sitting in a corner and someone throws a coat over you, and then someone else throws a coat over you, and th- soon you're just under a mountain of coats exactly. if at a certain point you just <laughs> threw off the first three coats and went, "Hey." I'm sitting here and I deserve not to have coats thrown on me. It's a terrible analogy. Terrible. (laughs) Can't even say analogy. But it's it's I really I really think it's kind of it's been important. I think it's all going to change now. I don't know how. But the Internet and particularly social media have evolved in such a strange way. Mm -hmm. Um, How we take it back and make it. The, the experience we want. Yeah. Which is not all. Oh sweet and light. That's not what you or I are saying. No. We've taken way more shit than many. Mm-hmm. Um, And in the current moment. You're taking way more shit than practically everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolute bullshit. And I'm of really course. sorry about it. Thank you. And if you ever want to chat. Please please hit me up. But it's like. I, I don't know how it evolves in a way that we can all. Curate our own boundaries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's it. You just have to focus on. Yourself as an individual, I think, and like it sounds like that's what you've been doing to keep yourself sane and cat pictures, yeah, pictures yeah. of the
1: cat and the dog. That's it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's like yeah. I I my thing that my I mean my show was called Pre Drinks. This show was called Pre Drinks. My thing was that I just lost myself in just focusing on enjoying myself and enjoying oh. myself for me in the age I am and the social aspect that I'm in is going out <gasps> and having just silly times and
1: what's a dream night out. A dream night out so we have our pre-drinks now and yes. then where are we going
0: um see i find dublin difficult um i was talking about this recently um all my friends are gay which i love them for but they love to go to gay nights out and then i just get left on my own Aww. um <laughs> and uh, well, we don't have to limit but, it to dublin but well that's true no i love going dancing i love talking to strangers and just anywhere that's not too packed um that you don't have to spend hours at the bar Um, but yeah that's like literally I, I had some of the most fun times of my life in the last like two or three years I think just because partying for me has been a really um a real way of releasing stress
1: it's such a great place in a balanced life like, I think so
0: yeah and I, I do Thankfully, I do have the balance right now, so um, yeah, I, I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah! Oh God! Absolutely! And like, bet you're just glammy, effing looking hot and <laughs> going out to slay. Oh,
0: <laughs> give over! Um, so, with that, the question was, yeah, what are the main challenges? So, like, would you say the main challenge would be people's possible reactions? No, because
1: no. since I started when I, you know, doing schools theatre in 1990, 1991, mm-hmm. um. Like criticism comes in different ways. There are critics in papers. There are if you're doing schools, theatre, someone might do a wee in the front row. OK, There's all kind, you know, there are all, there are all kinds of, you know, sometimes in comedy clubs that can happen, too. Yes. Of and course. so <laughs> there are all kinds of criticisms and no more than yourself and your own inner critic. And mine is so loud and I can't stand her. She's such a bitch. She's so <laughs> tedious and she really does hold me back. I've spent so much time wrestling with her. It drives me crazy. But I think. No, the criticism it comes and goes, and you get you get uh, lovely comments too, and you get hired to nice jobs, and you miss out on on good jobs, and. Peaks and troughs The whole time of So course. criticism Is really not Doesn't figure you, Yeah you, Of course you're going to be nervous about I hope people enjoy this I hope that The message reaches them I hope it gives them A little lift Yeah it's something I really chase At the moment Is giving people a, That they walk out Feeling they've had A little bit of hope Something like that Um, But for me right now The main challenge Is staying visible And part of being off social media it Means being invisible In a way where people Will look at your follower count Yes For certain big jobs Of course Yeah um, um, and I've never bought a follower in my life. Um, I remember somebody close to me said, would you not think about just buying a few and just boosting it? I, went, I said, no, <laughs> it's or, it's small, but organic and good. It's of solid. Course. I love every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not tiny at all, but it's it's been amassed very slowly. And, you know, I don't do a ton of stories and things like that. But it has nothing to do with the work. And yet it seems to be a doorway to the work at the moment. OK. And I yeah. think the people of my age and older, who, who aren't very online, they were already established before the Internet
0: yeah, really it. took off. Because mm-hmm. the Internet
1: took off, I guess, in my 30s in terms of social media and really having to build followings and things like that, blogs yeah. and all that. So um, and I was still kind of messing about doing bits of acting, just starting to dabble in stand up. But so I'm in no way established in yeah. kind of a mainstreamy, very broad way. And so I need social media to a degree to keep of going, course. oh, yeah, yeah. still here. I hate doing that, though, too. I hate it. it. Oh, it's miserable. But, you know, it is miserable. But staying visible, especially as you age, is a very interesting balancing act. OK.
0: There's a lot to be discussed there about how, like, creators now, it's about how many followers you have rather than what you're creating which you know I mean you could talk about that for hours yeah. but um I've been doing a bit of acting lately and the I have noticed that like you're you're asked to give like your Instagram when you're applying for a job like advertising jobs even and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm just trying to make a bit of money with it. But uh yeah. the and I'm just like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Well I'm sure know? some
1: of it is kind of are you are you posting swastikas and do they want that yes. know, aligned with the brand? And okay. if they do, you might not want the job. I don't know. You know, but um <laughs> it's up to you. Um maybe not. Uh, I think some of it is just laziness. They want to know how much traction you have from yeah. much social capital, as if it's perceived like that. But then you have mad Magic, magic things like you can do stand up, you can do a bit of theatre and that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, it might matter true. for promoting the thing. And yeah, I missed having things like Twitter to promote because I'm better with words than pictures. Yeah, um, So I, I missed Twitter for promoting Haunted and, yeah. and other things I've been doing. But, you know, I had so much support with This Is Pop Baby and the entire theatre community. Yeah. So there are still ways. It's not a bleak landscape, but it is. People can forget you're there if you're not in a great big TV show. Totally. Um, and social media is useful for that, and it is something that sometimes people check. And if you're not super on there, it's a bit of a question mark. Definitely.
0: The um, I actually yeah, I did struggle to sell out pre drinks for a while. Um, and it was really my goal to sell out. Like I, I, um, took two small dates. Um, you know, in the small, the boys' school, the small room in Smock Alley, and. I did want to sell out like just because you know I thought well I should be able to do this and um, the I did struggle at first and then because I think you know I was around a few years ago and then I disappeared for a while I put posters of myself all over Dublin um I just bought some wallpaper paste and just posters flyered up um the poster and we sold out within like a week of that. Um, wow! Which it was gorgeous because I do think Dublin people and Irish people are really supportive of their creators and they remember people. But
1: it's getting the word out that it's It's, hard to do that. I mean, I've done small venues and had 17 people show up. Mm -hmm. I've done the Edinburgh Fringe and had three people show up. Okay, But, you know, like so I did a show in 2007 and there were there were six people there one day, but two of them were comedian friends of mine. and two of them were BBC producers and one of them now produces now You're Asking with Marion Keys. Okay. Myself and Marion Keys cool. run a problem-solving yeah. show on Radio 4 and BBC Sounds. And it's, it's good crack. We really want to give people hope. Yeah, um, We are not in any way professional, so we cannot <laughs> give legal or psychological advice. But we share what where we feel we've gone wrong ourselves mm-hmm. and how we have tried to claw our way back yeah. um, from feeling awful. And we try to leave people with a bit of hope. But, it's you know, Steve Doherty, lovely Steve Doherty, was in the audience that day. There were six people there and I thought okay it's lovely that he's come in but like with six people there what impact is it going to have had and he just went okay this is really interesting and fun and silly there you go I wasn't getting the reviewers didn't come till after the 17th and in that month it's like if they come in that last week it doesn't matter the ones who did come didn't jive with it it was silly and a bit dark a lot of the stuff in haunted was actually
0: right in there and kind of
1: a lot of Kate Bush sort of uh, Spookily, mm-hmm. um the sort of stuff I grew up reading Misty comic and being obsessed with kind of witches and ghosts. And there was a lot of that in there and people were just going, I don't get it. <laughs> but Steve got something. And, and now we work together. The audience, if you don't sell out, and I think that's a great goal. And I'm so proud of you and happy for you that it happened, that it took gumption and gum uh, paste <laughs> yes, <laughs> to do yes. it. But it, it's like even in a small room. You can connect with somebody and that's it can true. have an impact on yours and their future. And that's that's always mind blowing to me. And I try to remember that when I'm feeling disappointed or things feel quiet like they do a bit at the moment. OK. And I just have to go. I, I made a, a show last year and a lot of people came. Exactly. And I'm so proud and grateful. Um, And and you just never know who's thinking of you in this moment. And something else might be about to evolve.
0: True. I'm going to remember that too. Thank Yay. you for telling me that. Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean. The thing about you know performing i think is that like a lot of the time you are just dying for people to love you um you know as a performer and as a creative that is just maybe you know it's an innate thing and i didn't realize how deep that went in me until the show and i'm definitely um like talking about that with my therapist all the time like that i i can't really see you know you try and take your achievements away from yourself sometimes and stuff like that and uh yeah, nothing's ever good enough and stuff like that. So um, oh,
1: meet meet your your inner critic cousin. <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
0: so I yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people who are creative and performers struggle with that. But um, but
1: but there's also the the practical side. I absolutely agree with you. That's definitely something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is sort of like yeah. Oh, I hope they love it. But part of the I hope I hope they love it is they're paying in. I really want them to have a good time. True. Yeah. I want a lot of them to come so that it's commercially viable. Yes. Um, And so when they come, I want them to have something for their their coming along. Um. so I do think that there is that psychological kernel of love me. Yes. But then the flip side of that is I'm offering something that I really, really like if you're making dinner for someone, you don't want them to Half like it. No, <laughs> you, you're going. I'm giving you dinner, and I want you to think it's yum. I care about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're
0: right, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, they're both there. I think you're absolutely right to have a look at that. I know I am constantly reassessing that and and not trying to devol- uh, to der- der- derive not trying to derive too much um, value from other people's opinions. Yeah, you know, but which we all can do, even if we're not performers.
0: Yeah. Well, I I don't think it's an unhealthy thing to you know want to be liked and stuff like that, you know, I, I think that everyone is going to struggle with that to some degree, but as long as like you're not using it as a stick to beat yourself and take away your actual achievements and That's stuff like that. a then, great point. Um, yeah, which, you know, we, we can all be guilty of. <laughs> um, were you ever shy?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still shy. Are you shy? Yeah, I overcompensate. OK. Um, and uh, I when I see someone who looks uncomfortable, if I have the emotional resources myself in that moment because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't sometimes I'm so depleted yeah especially in in the last few years uh, I might not be able to get the energy up get okay. that um, energy up to go over and, and make them more comfortable yeah but as an MC for instance or something like that I want to make people comfortable and it's partly because I know how I feel which is not comfortable yeah okay I feel very anxious socially and so I'll often go in and um, People people will say things like and I don't recognize the person they're talking about I say you come in with this breezy energy and you kind of give us a lift or and I'd say there's, there's people listening going she did not give me a lift. <laughs> I <Okay>. couldn't <laughs> wait for her <it> to leave. <laughs> I'm sure um, certain I'm certain it's true. Okay. I could probably name <laughs> names. But uh, but part of that is me going I really want you all to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um. So. And I'm sure you know this is something. I mean, I'm only thinking this through. This is the two sips of wine now in the middle of the day, Laila. You're <laughs> ruining me. But I'm sure some of it is sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, yeah, maybe it's it reads as false sometimes. Maybe people see the overcompensation okay. as inauthentic. Okay. And authenticity is something I really want in my work and in my life, of course. Um, but I sometimes do wonder if because I'm going. Oh, hey, I'm, I know you might be feeling uncomfortable, so I'm going to make sure you're not. If that performance, and I know this is the theme of this yeah, episode exactly. now, um, if that reads as performative. Yeah, okay. And that would make me, that would make me never want to go out again, ever. Okay, <laughs>
0: Jesus, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's See, that's the to two sips with. of wine <laughs> of the day. <laughs> no, I love the honesty. Imagine if I do. had the two glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, because that was one of my questions. Do you feel like you perform in your everyday life at all and... I think we all do. Yeah, of course, we I, all do. I, yeah. I think
1: I think we do. And I think it's necessary. I think with um with the litter guy you were describing where yes. you, you you went and did a beautiful, positive action instead <laughs> of aggro, that's a performance. Yeah. You're instead of going, I'm angry that you did that and I wouldn't do that. And we shouldn't do that because we're caring about each other in the world. Yeah. You go, oh, I'll just pick it up and don't do that again. But you're performing. You're not allowing your anger out, which is, I think, good. We can't let it out all the time. There are moments where we really need it to propel us forward in some way. Um, But there are also moments where it's good to rein it in. And so there's always an element of performance. There's an element of performance in flirtation. Mm -hmm. There's an element of performance in all kinds of social interactions. You know, we don't love going into the bank. Who does? (laughs) (laughs) Hiya, good morning. (laughs) But I think where it is, what drives me crazy is when people say things like, uh, oh, uh, oh, things like virtue signaling. Mm. If someone does something that's just basic baseline decent, someone will call it virtue signaling. Um, and I think what they, they are saying when they say that is that something feels performative to them, that it's being done for an audience. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do things publicly to have an impact. Of course. Sometimes you have to pass on that something happened just so that you can open a door to a discussion totally. about it. I think what they're talking about is performative kindness or decency. But I Which think. Which is a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. But I think that sometimes things are are lumped in with that. Yeah, I agree. Just because they're decent. and I think we need to be more critical in our thinking about whether something is actually performative or not. I agree. Um, because some, someone with a following, a big following, let's say a celebrity does something Decent, they may be looking for social capital. They may be looking for a pat on the back. They may just have a big following and want to do this thing and start a discussion. And it's not a reason to stop them. People do stop doing it. They do go, Okay, well, I'll just just be called. I'll just be called a virtue signal and I won't do it. But we can't give the playing field to the people who stop people doing decent things. Yeah. The cynical people. Yeah.
0: Um. yeah, because I, I actually think that doing good sometimes is like it's a selfish thing as much as it's selfless because it does feel really good. Yeah, it feels great. And like part of that feeling good is being able to tell someone like I'm actually proud of myself I did this or whatever and... Yeah, if, yeah. If, if somebody will always turn back and say, well, you already did that for this reason. Like uh.
1: I didn't kick that guy in Lidl the other day. I didn't kick him. What guy? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I thought, <laughs> I like, I thought you could, had a I just want to share that with everyone. No, <laughs> there's a, a whole guy there and I just I didn't kick him. <laughs> yes, I've definitely
0: wanted to kick guys in little before. <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Oh, sorry, but just to round off that question while well, you have a look at sorry, that. Sorry, yes. Of but course. just to round off that question, I was always so shy as a kid. Okay. So shy. And I overcompensated by being louder. Um, I was never funny, never, ever. But I did find my way with all that um, over energized adrenaline into the school plays and things. Yes. And there I found a home. So, okay. And that. Uh, even even though I felt shy on a personal level, I was mm-hmm. able to go, OK, but I still want to do this song or I want to do this speech. And and I was able to overcome the shyness for that in that context. Well, that's gorgeous. Yeah. Showbiz is often a place where people find they've been outside or somewhere else mm-hmm. and they find a little home of other oh, gorgeous weirdos trying to make some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Just gorgeous weirdos trying to make some stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's my people.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like all my friends are weirdos. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's easier or harder to perform in front of loved ones?
1: Um, Depends on how personal the material is. Of course. And with Haunted most recently. Yeah, I had already read a draft for mum because it was about dad and losing dad. My dad died in 2015 and he was a very complex character and left a very long shadow in my life. Mm -hmm. But it also chimed with when all the abuse was happening and when we were all as a big, big group, as a country, a grassroots movement standing up to patriarchy through repeal, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, I'm used to standing up to someone who's telling me, shut up, you're no good. or you know, yeah. so, so it was like and he wasn't always like that. He was complex, yeah. but he he gave me a good grounding in standing up to people who think they can squash you down. OK. So I needed my mum to have heard a bit of it. Yeah. And she had. So when she finally got to the Peacock and she saw it with all the beautiful production values that Philly and the whole team had added.
0: Yeah. She loved it. Oh good. Okay. But,
1: but I think I, I wouldn't have put something so personal that mentioned family personal stuff without running it past them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some people are different and they have a different relationship with their family. Um, I'm close with mine so... I want it was important to me to run it past them Um, when my husband is there (laughs) he's there at most performances and I just see his smile beaming up at me and it Uh. is a bit distracting that's all it is because I'm like he's so great and I'm so glad he's there but like that joke wasn't the best one (laughs) I know it wasn't so (laughs) he's he's amazing and I, I don't know what I would do without him and during some of those quiet Edinburgh shows you know him doing the door for me or things like that. He's just a gem. And I think that's another thing with performances, acknowledging that even if you're a solo performer like we are, Mm -hmm. there's a massive team involved in the production and around the production holding you up while you go through your neuroses of the writing and (laughs) the performance nerves and all of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I had to do the exact same thing with my show. I had to run past everything that was uh, that was going to be said because they're was going to be some dodgy stuff in there, you know, and stuff that would shock. I had to. I'm so really warn my co- family.
1: Is it coming back?
0: It is coming back. Yay. Yes, I'm delighted to say. So, um, don't worry. I'll, we'll get you there.
1: Oh, I'll um, be there for
0: sure. But yeah, the uh, I had one night where my friends came, and I thought that would be the night I'd be the most nervous for, and when I walked out on that stage I could just see them all I mean Alley is such an intimate venue and yeah. um, that was actually the gorgeous one to perform at and then it was the the other night where it was mostly family where I was really 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 nervous Aww. but I think that comes from you know the kind of shame of having to hide myself for so long from my family and stuff I think I still feel a little sorry this is very <laughs> dumpy no. but um, I feel very vulnerable now still when I reveal my truths to them just I'm not for any reason other than and I still make myself do it. They've never, ever been unsupportive. But, um, you know, I just spent so much of my life hiding secrets from them. That being truthful with them is still a challenge. So
1: that's so interesting. And mm. does does sharing it publicly and with other people and on different platforms, does that make it any easier or does it change whether easy ever comes? <laughs> does it change it in any way? It does in- make it much easier.
0: Yeah, mm. Um, I think like. One of the things I had to do to I i grew up with such like darkness in me and such like secrets in me that one of the only thing I could do to kind of let the light in, which is such a cheesy thing to say, but was to just like embrace this like radical honesty mm. and just be honest about every bit of my experience. And that's always what I've tried to do. That's um, exhausting, though. Exhausting. Yes. and definitely have to take breaks from it. It's not a sustainable way of living, but. It's I,
1: very admirable and you're super brave just I just I want to mind you. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh hope no, I'm getting get loads of mindings.
0: Oh, I'm getting so much minding. Yay. Don't worry, I'm absolutely spoiled. But
1: <laughs> just to acknowledge, as it goes past us, as you say it, I'm I'm acknowledging that it is exhausting.
0: Yeah, and that, that's only in my creative life now. To be fair, like a, you know, I have a very rich personal life and very rich, um, gorgeous network of friends and family and support. So um, I'm I'm very fortunate in that and very lucky. Um. Yeah.
1: Brilliant.
0: <laughs> Sorry for talking about myself there. No,
1: I, oh, it's just, it's just oh, you're so generous and brave. And thank you.
0: Oh, well, thank you as well. I mean, I've followed you for a long time, and not to um, you know, gush gush, but I've always, you know, always really admired you.
1: Oh, thank you. Let's get rid of that now. In the next <laughs> let's, ten minutes. let's start. Yes, yeah. burn that to the ground.
0: <laughs> um. Who inspires
1: you? Who inspires me? Oh, so many different people and it changes all the time. Um, I think at the moment because I'm working with her, Marion Keys is very yes. inspiring and I don't use the word likely. I know it's kind of bandied about Um she is so like you, she's very generous with her own story. She also then makes very entertaining work She's
0: so funny. to yeah. uplift
1: people, to teach a little bit. I don't yes. think she would class herself as a teacher, but I've learned so much from Definitely. her work, from working mm-hmm. with her and from reading her work. Um, she's also so disciplined. She just works so much. She's so prolific and it's just admirable and yeah. People forget that aspect. There's the talent and there's uh, sometimes for some people accompanying success. And she certainly has had some of that because because her talent is so rich. Yes. And um, her books are so gorgeous. But they forget the work, the work. Yes. Um, And not just the going up every day and writing, just getting those words down and then all the edits and all that. But the the choosing the perfect words, the wondering if it's good enough, all that is still there. And she's so generous with sharing all that with all of us, anyone who follows her or or listens to her. Um, So I really do find her inspiring. I'm finding our our trans pals very inspiring at the moment. Because I don't know how y'all are... Putting up with this nonsense, mm. this stupid panic that is totally manufactured. And I feel like I'm sitting here watching it being whipped up and manufactured by some of the same personnel of as course. for reproductive rights and yeah. uh, uh, equal marriage and long before that, divorce yes. and all of those other things, seeing some of the same, per- the exact same heads. Yeah. And just going, this is so apparent to me. This, none of the. Things they're using to be scary hold water No, uh, when, when scrutinized in any tiny way at all. So I'm really fucking sorry, but I'm really in awe of the humor, the resilience, the tenacity and the fucking warriorship going yeah. on at the moment. You shouldn't have to, but um, and there are way more of us than there are of them. There, so are. there are a ton they're of us in, in your corner, so...
0: Yeah, um, well, like, I, I can't really take much credit. I mean, I, I just stay to my own thing now or whatever. I really admire the people who, you know, can stand up to that and stuff. And there are a tireless group in Dublin who just do amazing things. And I do follow them. But unfortunately, I can't be one at the moment. Um, I can't really fight back against that. I'm just trying to do my own thing and look after my own head, which you have to do at some we, point. These as things well. come in phases. Exactly. Activism, yeah.
1: you can't be at the forefront of activism all, all the time. The time. And Activism there, there are certain people yeah. and I guess they get paid and they have offices that, and they kind of go on speaking tours and things. There are people, I'm thinking of even civil rights leaders in the US, people who do it for their whole entire lives. Yeah. Um, but it's not always possible as a volunteer. No. Um, and it's not always possible as a person. But I, I, in all of the people who are forefront oh. activists and I, I just think they're incredible.
0: Oh, honestly, yeah. Some people are just so, so good at it. Um, but yeah. The, uh, I have a funny story about Marion Keyes, actually. You the, do? Um, I used to love her vlogs. Um, oh, God, yeah, vlogs. The, oh my gosh. The YouTube um, vlogs that she do weekly. And I remember when, this is going way back now, but when Trump got elected, I remember I was living with <laughs> three girls in our apartment and I think we'd had a sleepover that night. Um, and loads of people were there and we were all devastated. We were all in bed like the grandparents and Willy Wonka all in one bed oh, love it. eating um, chocolate and you know and then a vlog from Marion Keys popped in and I was like oh guys we have to watch this Aww. and she just shared some gorgeous wisdom about just you know how it's okay to be it was okay to be sad and distressed about it but how we'd have to pick ourselves up and go on and yeah. she said it way more eloquently than I can but I just remember us all sitting there and being like it was um it was a lovely thing. And yeah, that's she does teach in that way. She really does. She
1: always finds the perfect words. Honestly, she really does. And um I just feel so, so lucky that I get to do we get to do a series three, which is fantastic. Amazing. So that's coming in later in the year. But I I feel so lucky to have got to know her in recent years and we get to know each other in a different way with the podcast because we are doing deep dives into problems words. real people's problems, problems yeah. you know 100%. So, and trying to look after people so that it's not just content fodder that we really do give an answer we feel is rounded and fair and hopefully funny but not all of them are funny people yeah. are I don't know if people have noticed but people are very stressed at the moment oh, God, I yes. don't know if anyone's checked this out but <laughs> <laughs> is it just me that people are really there <laughs> something's in in at them at the moment yeah no so we we try to address people's very real problems. A lot of them are shared. A lot of people have exactly this because they're financial or they're uh, in-laws or they're about people's sexuality or relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of them are shared. But um, then there are the spikes of really tragic grief or loss. Of course. Um, And we try and address some of those. But ultimately it is billed as comedy. So while we will address some of those, we'll try and uh, come in and leave with something that will give people a little bit of a lift.
0: Yeah, well, you, as a listener, you do that very oh, well. Oh, so thank you, I, I, thank I you. And I'm really going to stop um, looking up to you. No, it's <laughs> just. listen, at some point. I
1: tell you what, listen, thank you for being so kind and complimentary and <laughs> I don't see it as looking up. And I'm really grateful for it because we all do ourselves down so many times. And I'm I'm on a constant quest at the moment to tell people when I admire them. Good. And so I really appreciate What you've said And okay. it doesn't mean That I'm going to go out going Well there it is That's the gospel truth And You she'll never, And she'll never change her mind <laughs> <laughs> Based on anything I say or do Or my work in the future so, but, but thank you Thank I, you I
0: consider myself A great judge and tastemaker So you should take that Whoa, away Oh tastemaker and, yeah. <laughs> I'm so into it Okay So I have a segment That I'm doing every week Where I ask a question To Instagram Mm. Um last week we asked, um, do you pee in the shower? And Sophie and I had a good chat about that. Mm. Um, this week, the question is a little bit more basic. Oh, but okay. um,
1: I mean, that's pretty basic. It is, <laughs> it's kind of a yes or no answer. I mean, I don't know. Is there, I'm sure there'll have been degrees. You'll have found the degrees. Yes, <laughs> um,
0: but I had, you know, I have thoughts about this. Um, and so I'm okay. going to pose you this question. Do you sit upstairs or downstairs on the bus? Upstairs.
1: <laughs> upstairs. Yeah. Always upstairs. Yeah. When I was growing up and not to be all we walked to school with shoes, stones <laughs> in our shoes. Um, but there there was a school bus, but we weren't always on it because sometimes we were too young for it. Or okay. we were, lived four and a half miles outside Kinsale town. Okay. So there was a school bus, but there was no public bus from near our house. You had to get the bus from Kinsale. Right. And it was a single decker. Okay. And at the time, it was only three times a day. Now, now it's once an hour, like you're not going to be stuck in Kinsale or Cork if you want to get up or down very quickly. Yes. Very well served. <laughs> um, and there's even a double decker now. Lovely. So when I moved to Dublin, Up those steps I went and I've never come back down Okay, right Yeah, how about you? What are your strong feelings?
0: So I used to sit upstairs all the time, no matter what Um, And then, yeah, I've started sitting downstairs a lot more now I don't know if it's because, well, you know, I used to live very far out of Dublin Then I lived quite close to the city in recent times And yeah, I think because I was on the bus for a short amount of time but then I find it, you know, I was talking to a lot of people about this and <laughs> people find it very unrelaxing to sit downstairs is what most people said, oh, because you always yeah. have to be vigilant. Am I in a seat that somebody else should be in, you know, an older person or whatever? OK. Um, and I was like, oh, God, maybe I'm an arsehole because I never think that. <laughs> I'm never looking out for that stuff. Um, my Instagram followers said 55 percent said upstairs. 32% said downstairs and 13% said I don't have a preference.
1: <gasps> Who are they? I don't know them. I'm not going to name them. I but, just um, couldn't. I, I no, I, I, I want upstairs. I'll sit downstairs. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. But I want upstairs. Okay. I want upstairs. I want that front seat <laughs> if I can get it. I want to pretend I'm driving the bus. I want to be listening to a podcast driving the bus.
0: Right. You see, I think because I read on the bus a lot, I think the reason I've started being drawn to downstairs because it's usually much quieter down there. Oh. And I'm wondering if it's like a safety thing as well I've had a lot of women say to me that I've asked say I feel safer downstairs Okay
1: that's fair, you're near the driver, you're near the doors All Yeah that. but
0: also I don't think I do feel Unsafe upstairs because I know There's a driver, there's everything's recorded, there's cameras And stuff, but I definitely Have had experiences with certain buses Of like gangs of youth youths Upstairs who yeah. are being little yeah. shits never to me but just being little shits in general and it's just a bit exhausting to have to hear yeah their opinions and their shouting yeah, and are shouting i'm listening to a podcast and, lads yeah well Chill you out. you're you have your earphones <laughs> in which is probably a good thing i i tend to read on the bus a bit more but you see
1: that's also probably why you don't mind being downstairs i'm looking into people's gardens as they're driving past right. people watching on the yes. street love that i love a window yeah love okay. a window me i do love that too now,
0: I had somebody say a very interesting comment. She said, it depends how long you're on the bus for and how many people are on the bus. If it's super crowded and you try to go upstairs, there's something so embarrassing about chancing your arm to find there's no seats and the walk of shame back
1: downstairs. That's very true. Which has definitely happened to me a you lot. You just got it with walks of shame of yeah. all kinds. <laughs> you have to hold your head up high, give your head a toss, because well, some people don't have hair, give your head a toss. <laughs> And go, yeah, I'm back down, bitches. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, I decided this is superior. Like it better.
0: (laughs) And then she said, which I thought was very funny. She hates sitting downstairs because the chance of someone sitting next to you is way higher. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: I do hate when people sit next to you on the bus. When
1: there's loads of seats and someone sits next to you, I want to go that. And when people fall into step with you on the street, I want to go, why are you why are you like this? Why are you doing this to me? Falling like, stop with you on the street. What yeah. does that mean? Like have right beside you? Here. Right beside. And then, and you're kind of going, you kind of quicken up a little bit and they quicken up a little bit. What the hell? What the hell? That's so weird. It's so weird. What's, what is going on? I'm sure they just have a different... Spatial relation Barometer okay. Going on I don't know But I'm going
0: <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens I, to me Because people say to me I walk so quick Like I And to be fair I have very long legs But I I just It's a blessing Fly off when I have my Like a I blessing. take my cousins to Dundrum sometimes And they, they have to ask me to slow down Because I'm absolutely flying around the <laughs> shops so
1: I'm like oh sorry sure, You don't need the bus at all <laughs> <laughs> That's it yeah Flying out to Dundrum <laughs> Um
0: Yeah, so that is the bus. Um,
1: (laughs) Do you have any questions for me, Tara? I think they've kind of come out organically as we've Mm -hmm. chatted. Um, I'm very excited to be here and I'm very excited to hear how this podcast evolves. And where would you like to take it? What would you like to see happen next for Leila? The thing with the podcast is, and I said
0: this last week as well, is that like I... And I said this to you earlier, I don't want it to be a situation of somebody like coming in and telling their story and then running off. Um, You know, I, I definitely had that a lot when I was interviewed and stuff. I felt like I told my story and then the media went, okay. we're done with you now and mm. I was like do you know what I actually have more to say than that yeah Um, I found it very hard to get opportunities I studied journalism like I found it very hard to get opportunities where I could like write about anything other than yeah. being trans or talk about anything other than being trans yeah
1: you, you, it boxes are things the media like exactly yes
0: Um, and then so yeah with this little baby podcast I my aim is to bring you know, to kind of have the same voices every now and again. So, you know, I'm not asking for a huge commitment from people, but every few months, like you know, oh. to because there's a topic every week as well. You know, um, so I would love if you would give me the time of day to come back. I would, lo- I would give you the
1: time of the day, the time of the night, the time <laughs> of the dusk or dawn. I mean, absolutely. And it's it's like I, I when I did my old podcast Paranoia, which isn't up anymore, it was it was at a, the wrong time in my life. and okay. People began to see me as kind of a journalist and that wasn't what I was into at all. I was m- much closer to what I think you're trying to build here, which is really good, solid chats, open mm-hmm. chats. I was didn't want to be a stop on someone's publicity tour. I, I didn't want them to talk about a brand new thing they were working on unless they really were passionate about it and they wanted to, but that it wasn't. The reason they were on exactly, yeah. That I was on to go if someone was a funny person. I wanted to hear something that made them angry or 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 more emotional. If they were someone who's known for something serious, I wanted to get them talking about abba or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. I really wanted to do stuff like that, but still, I would get. It's amazing how people just don't listen sometimes yeah. and they don't listen to the subtext, let alone the words. And I would get like magazine editors sending me, uh, would you like to interview blah blah for their new, they're launching a new cosmetics line. And I'm going 100 <laughs> percent no. And thank you. They sound amazing. And I'd love to see what the cosmetics are. Yeah. But that's not what I'm doing with exactly. this podcast. Yeah. And, and I got people calling me a journalist and stuff, which I've never, ever, ever been. I've been an actor and a writer. Yeah. And I put myself forward for a bit of activism where I felt mine was the voice that was needed at the time yeah. where it might be useful. But other than that, like I'm just some eejit who wants to make people <laughs> laugh most. and yes. loves having the chats. So this is the podcast for me. I will be <laughs> such an avid listener. And if you'd like me to come back, I would love it. Oh,
0: my God, I'll have you back all the time then. It's it's a promise. Um, I, I love the aspect of trying to find like, you know, um something else for somebody to talk talk about um you know or yeah delving deep i love what you said there about um you know changing up the conversation because
1: so it's not just well you're you this is what you always get asked about let's ask about that i would sort of go well we know this potted version of your life we've heard that before i'd love to hear about exactly that was my aim anyway yeah was to talk to someone who wasn't usually heard or if they were if they were widely heard and a little bit better known that we got something out of them that wasn't to do with promoting a book or a play or, you know, which we all need to do by times. Of course. That wasn't what that podcast was for. Definitely. Yeah. It's gone now. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back someday. <laughs> you never know. The paranoia lives on. Taranoia. I My own special love brand. that name. <laughs> My own special personal brand <laughs> of paranoia. Paranoia lives on, but the podcast does not. <laughs> well,
0: I could sit here and talk to you all day. But I am going to wrap up. So but I won't. I love that.
1: I'd love to continue and talk to you all day. But I'm not going to. But I'm not
0: going to now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for this room. God, um, oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a few thanks to do. Uh, thank yous to do. So thank you to my brilliant producer, Niall Duggan, for putting Yay. up with all of this. Um, to DJ Succulent for my wonderful music. God. DJ Succulent is a great name, isn't it? So good. <laughs> and thank you to my gorgeous guest, Tara Flynn. Thank, thank, thank you. For you. Thank you for being vulnerable with me and thank you for, yeah, this has just been a really, really good chat. Thank you Um, for having
1: me and and huge good luck with the podcast. Can't wait to hear more. Thanks so
0: much and I can't wait to have you back.